this event is hosted by Real Estate IQ. We're number one in deal finding with over 45,000 leads every month. So I'd like to play a really short testimonial and let you hear what one of our customers has to say. Uh, thank you so much for, for this. Uh, we are here at, with the Big Dogs uh, in Addison, Texas. And um, we were talking about you becoming our client, maybe. Uh, can you tell us about it? Yes. Uh, so I am new to Dallas. I've only been here for a couple months. And I have an experienced investor from Atlanta, Georgia. I have done many fix and flips. I have done many uh, different types of wholesale deals and commercial multifamily. And I've researched a lot of different types of uh, software programs to help me find leads. And as of today, I have found that Real Estate IQ has is the best um, source for lead generation to find me the best leads off market and what the data uh, analysis and the CMA. So I am uh, a loyal client, customer. Oh, thank you, Chris, so much for the testimonial. Tell us about the research. You were doing some research? I was doing research with other software companies uh, for example, like uh, uh, Red X and, um, and using some of the other uh, MLS systems, which I have full access to, even with Yardi and Polestar, um, but none have given me the type of information to, to give me the equity uh, percentages and the different scenarios that Real Estate IQ has given me. And therefore, I am very happy with what I've seen so far. Thank you, Chris, so much. Thank you. For limited time only, you can sign up for our Real Estate Deal of the Day subscription for free. Uh, so what happens is every day, uh, from Monday to Saturday, we have a deal expert that uses our system, finds a good-looking, high-potential deal, and we... I'll tell you a little bit about that later. So if you'd like to learn more about Real Estate IQ, um, I see several of you on here are already using our service. Um, but. If you are not, just please say yes to the poll question that's going to come up and we can, one of our account managers will contact you and give you a 45 minute one-on-one -on -one training and demo on your system, on our system. <laughs> it's kind of been a long Monday, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, just please put, just say yes to the demo and somebody will contact you and get you hooked up. All right, with that, we're right at, right on time at 6.10. So our speaker today is Ms. Gaylene Lonergan. So Gaylene, I'll let you take it from here. Well, thank you so much, Becky. Thank you for how I wanna uh, thank uh, Real Estate IQ for allowing me to do this and to visit with you guys about various topics. Today, we're gonna talk about um, PPP. But before I get to that, I just want you all to know a little bit about me. I've been practicing law for over 36 years now. I've done thousands of investor transactions. I'm from a little town in West Texas called Sudan, Texas, population 900. I went to Texas Tech for my undergrad, MBA, and law school. And uh, I started my own firm about 20 years ago, the Lonergan Law Firm. And shortly after starting it, I met an investor um, and started uh, handling his business. And now, 20 years later, it's uh, probably 75% of my business. 
Uh, I am a fee attorney currently with a company called The Title Company. And I am a mom to a 21-year-old as of yesterday. Uh, 21 as of yesterday and two cats. So uh, with that, I guess we'll go ahead and dive into this topic about PPP. So I saw on your chat that um, some of you have, a few of you do have a PPP loan, some of you don't have one yet. Oh, let me back up to our disclaimer. <laughs> don't interpret today's presentation as legal tax or accounting advice, it's only for information. Contact your own attorney, CPA, or business advisor for advice on your own personal business. So now, so PPP uh, was um, created back in March of this year, once the pandemic had really reached such pr a proportion that our, gov our country was pretty much shut down and job losses were astronomical and so the government came up with an emergency loan program for small business uh, called the Paycheck Protection Program and the intent of the PPP program was to help uh, employers uh, make it through the shutdown without having to lay off or significantly lay off any employees so that it was trying to create jobs so that uh, the, the unemployment would not skyrocket even further. Like I said, it was enacted in March, on March 27th, and it's Section 11 of the CARES Act, Section 1106. And so the PPP, I, I know some of you have said you don't have one, and um, I, I wanna encourage you to look into it because it does provide um, for a provision to forgive the loan. So it, it's not necessarily a loan, it could just turn into a grant. So it's essentially free money from, free money from the government, which we all know comes out of our pocket at some point. But in any event, um, the PPP just generally you have to have 500 or fewer employees. Now we all heard all the, all the news reports of these big companies finding a way to get around the system that had well more than 500 employees, but, but, uh, but were coached quite frankly to um, apply separately with each location that they had and whatnot. Um, it was initially, um, meant um, it includes LLCs, S-Corps, individuals, C-Corps, uh, nonprofits. I think you guys have seen on um, Facebook or on your news feeds where now they're saying that several churches received uh, PPP loans to cover their payroll issues as well. Um, when it first came out, of course, I was extremely interested when it first came out, and I attempted to deal with the banks that I bank with. One of them was one of the big national banks, and they really had no interest in me. They were, too, they were taking care of their large loan customers, um, and so it was kind of difficult in the beginning to find a bank to take care of helping uh, us small businesses 
truly small businesses apply for the loan. I was fortunate enough to find a small community bank that I have an affiliation with through the title company. And they, um, they helped me with the application for the PPP and actually helped me get approved about, oh, I don't know, uh, less than a week before all the money initially ran out the first time. So um, that's what I would say to you now, if you're still interested in applying for a PPP, uh, is to reach out to your, your bank or a smaller community bank um, and get with them because they will, well, at least the one I worked with, walked me through the whole process. Um, they each, there's an application. Each bank has their own application form and each bank has their own requirements in order to process a loan. But the primary one is they require evidence of your payroll. Um, or I believe it was last year for the last two quarters that I had to provide evidence of what my payroll was. And um, I luckily use a uh, payroll company and they just, got all the information together for me and I submitted that to the bank because that's what their loan amount is generally based off of is your payroll. Um, I also had to provide my corporate docs, um, uh, the application form, and there was a few other, doc few other bits of documentation that I had to provide. But once, once I got all the the documentation to them, essentially, then it was just in line to be processed. Now, now what I understand is that there is, they re-upped the PPP program and, on July the 6th, and now there is excess funds that are still available. So it shouldn't be nearly as difficult to get a bank to assist you with processing for that loan as it was way back in March. Okay, so, um, like I said, sex, the, the great thing about the PPP is um, it, there are provisions where all or a portion of the loan can be forgiven by the bank. And that is right in section 1106 of the CARES Act where it talks about forgiveness. So what, exa what expenses exactly are forgivable? Uh, there's really four categories. The primary one being obviously payroll costs. Um, originally, when the PPP uh, loan program was started, in order to get forgiveness, you had to use at least 75% of the funds that you received to cover payroll costs. Um, you can also get forgiveness for payment of interest on any covered mortgage. And a covered mortgage covered in the PPP context means any obligation that's uh, listed here that you already had before February 15th of 2020. In other words, you couldn't go out and take out a mortgage on your place of business or whatnot uh, after February 15th and still be able to get forgiveness on that. Um, or any payment on any covered rent obligation. Again, any rent obligation that you had as of February 15th, 2020. Same thing with utility payments. So those are all forgivable expenses 
under the uh, section 1106. So uh, the terms to get forgiveness, it's not automatic. You have to apply with the lender to get forgiveness. Now that's gonna come in here at the end of this talk. You're gonna see why that is uh, now becoming somewhat important. Um, you can get forgiven for all or part of your PPP loan. Now, if you don't get forgiven for a portion of it or any of it, the interest rate on the loan would continue at 1% over two years. Now, to get forgiveness, you also had to, you can't hoard your money. You, uh, you have to spend your money. So it had, initially, it had to be spent within eight weeks of receiving the loan or any portion that was not spent on a covered uh, expense would not be forgiven. Um, for all other categories other than payroll, like I said, the obligations had to exist prior to February 15th, 2020. And the payroll categories determined, um, is determined by comparison of the payroll cost prior to 215, 2020 and following 215, 2020. Well, some of those terms, after the program started, some of those terms didn't, um, weren't working out really. And Congress was starting to hear a lot of uh, complaints and issues about some of the restrictions on the PPP forgiveness program. So they passed on June 5th, the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act of 2020. And this was essentially a modification of many of the provisions of the original act. The fund still had to be for qualifying purposes, but it extended the time for using the funds from eight weeks to 24 weeks or December 31, 2020, whichever comes first. So it give, gives people like me, it gave people like me a little bit longer to spend those funds um, and still be forgiven. It lowered the requirement for the amount of loan funds to be used for payroll from 75% to 60%. So in other words, uh, the funds for the other three categories, mortgage, rent, and utilities increased up to 40% and it still could be forgiven. Um, the forgivable employee gross pay capped at 100,000 annual salary. Now, obviously, if you're paying it off over eight weeks, or, or I mean, if you're covered, the covered period is eight weeks or 24 weeks, you would prorate it based upon that amount for each employee. Okay, the act also changed the loan maturity for all loans made after June 5th are automatically five years and not the original two. And, but the loan maturity for loans made prior to June 5th are still two years, but the lender and the borrower can agree to extend that for up to five years. And it also provided for loan forgiveness, even though your headcount of employees went down uh, or your payroll went down because, because you couldn't rehire the employee. Once, uh, once they were laid off, you found that you could not rehire those employees or hire qualified replacements. And if an employee left because of illness or for whatever reason, that does not count against you either. Yeah, straight. Uh, so applying for that forgiveness, <laughs> the deadline 
to apply for forgiveness was extended from June 30th, 2020 to December 31, 2020. So like I said before, uh, forgiveness is not automatic. You have to make application for it. And just like when you first apply for a PPP loan, you have to provide backup information. So you have, but you have to request the forgiveness within 10 months of the last day of your covered period. So I got my loan, I believe, approved on April 20th or something. And so I have 10 months from April 20th in which to make application for forgiveness. And just like, it, just like any other gov government uh, program, there are forms that have to be completed. Their SBA has two different forms of application in order to obtain forgiveness. There's a short form, which is the form 3508EZ, and then there's a full form, which was form 3508. Initially, before the modification of the PPP requirements, it was all this full forgiveness application, which is quite substantial. You can pull both of these forms right off of the SBA website. So obviously most people, if they can, wanna use Form 3508EZ because it's a lot shorter, less complicated, and easier to complete. So you can use the Form 3508 if you're self-employed and have no employees, or you, if you do have employees, you didn't reduce their salaries or wages by more than 25% and did not reduce the number or hours of their employees, or you experienced a business reduction as a result of the COVID-19, but didn't reduce your um, salaries or wages by more than 25%. If you don't fall into that category, then you're left with the full-fledged form 3508. Yeah, okay, all right. So I guess now we're, my producer is helping me here just a second. <laughs> okay, so I wanna give you a few practical tips about how to accomplish this loan forgiveness. Um, so actions you really should try to take right now is establish a dialogue with a PPP lender regarding forgiveness. Whoever made you that loan, uh, or if you're just now getting the loan, at the same time that you apply for the loan, start talking to them about what you have to do to get the forgiveness. I spoke to my bank, my loan officer, last month uh, about it and he said well Gaylene the problem is it's still it's confusing the SBA is changing their requirements the government is changing the requirements so just hang on and he said he would help me with getting make an application for the forgiveness so you definitely want to take uh, your lender up on um, offers such as that um, go ahead and obtain and review the forms so you can see what kind of requirements the SBA and the government is making. And this is the most important part. Keep uh, really detailed and copious records of your expenditures that you use from your PPP loan. 
I, I set up a spreadsheet almost immediately after I received my loan that has the date, what we spent it on, what we um, copies of any invoices, any checks, any wires, anything that I spent money on regarding the PPP funds and our payroll. Um, my payroll company has um, been keeping records of that as well, specifically for the application for PPP forgiveness. Um, that is gonna be the number one thing that is going to help determine whether you're gonna get um, forgiveness or not, is how well, how good a records you have. Um, then you wanna go ahead and talk to your personal accounting professional now before the application and take them, help, get them to help you with any tips that they have with filling out the forms, whatnot. Uh, anything that involves a government form is automatically not going to be easy. So please re, uh, consult with your professionals that deal with this kind of stuff on a regular basis to assist you. Um, let's see. So I've kind of raced. Oh. I already did that. So it's even if you don't qualify for uh, forgiveness, full forgiveness, uh, you're still only going to be paying a one percent loan. So it's still a it's still a very good deal, even if you don't get uh, full forgiveness. Um, So, like I said, the covered period for your expenses for spending your PPP loan is back through as uh, through 24 weeks instead of eight. I still I got my loan in April, and I am still uh, I have a small balance left in my PPP loan account. That's the other thing is make sure you have a designated account. For your PPP funds, don't be switching them out with other expenditures that are not going to be forgivable so that you have a clear uh, record of what you spent those funds for. Um, it's kind of become my security blanket for my next payroll every time. Um, but now, finally, I wanted to tell you that, you know, just like everything else with the government, things change. And I've been seeing on the news and reading about that the lenders are now, again, not happy. They weren't happy at the beginning because the guidelines for making the loans were not clear. And now they're not happy because there's a lot of paperwork and review by the banks involved with providing forgiveness. And of course, you know, as the applications are starting to be filed, there's a lot of confusion and it's taken a lot of time up for the bank, the banks to review these forgiveness loans, which they want to forgive. They don't want a bunch of 1% loans on their books for the next two to five years. That is not a good use really of their funds. So they're counting on these loans being forgiven, quite frankly, the lenders are. 
so now the government is talking about, well, maybe we'll just up the threshold to about 150,000 or so and just automatically forgive those, which that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. But just as usual, um, the government is concerned that there's going to be fraud, which we all saw at the beginning of the PPP loan program. There was some, some fraud and some uh, misrepresentation and whatnot going on as far as getting the loans. And now they're afraid that if they just automatically forgive, then there'll be some fraud there as well, that people that are receiving the forgiveness don't really deserve it. So it's hold, that's kind of holding up um, the action by the government to provide for this automatic forgiveness, as well as the wrangling between the political parties and the White House and the Congress and whatnot. So we're just going to have to wait and see uh, what happens. But I just have a feeling, my own personal feeling, is that the lenders are wanting that that they are going to, the government's going to provide that in some form or another, because otherwise they won't be able to get the banks to work with them again and saddling them with 1% loans for a five-year period. Um, so we all just are going to have to stay tuned for some further developments on this, but I guarantee you that there will be additional changes to the, um, to the forgiveness of these PPP loans. And I guess that's, that's about the extent of my presentation. I guess uh, we'll, we'll have questions later. So I guess we'll turn it back over to Becky. Oh, I'm sorry, Becky, you're on mute. There we go, sorry about that. I hit the button and it didn't, uh, didn't go. <laughs> Uh, so I was saying thank you, Gaylene, for that interesting information that I learned some things about the PPP loans that I didn't know before. Uh, so we will get to some questions in just a little bit. Um, first, I want to tell you a little bit about Real Estate IQ to those of you who are new. Um, so we have tools to help investors find and analyze deals. So the first one is our fast CMA, which can run comps for you. You don't have to be a real estate agent to get the actual MLS sold comp information and the computer makes it super fast and easy for you. That's part of our deal analysis suite, which starts at just $15 a month. So it also includes a repair estimator and a deal analyzer calculators. Um, if you're ready to go looking for deals, we have our deal finding suite, which includes everything from the deal analysis suite, plus these three tools. So the first is our off-market leads, which are, which come to you directly from the court documents. They're updated every day, Monday through Friday, and you get an updated list in your email. And these are the different leads that we have. So depending on whoever you wanna to market to, we've got the list with all the information that you need. And the ones that have the stars, the little asterisks by them, can be purchased in our premium package with the skip tracing already done for you. So if you don't want to do mailers or door knocking and dropping cards, you want to call or email people, 
our premium package gives you all of that information. We do also have an on-demand skip tracing if you're not quite ready for the premium package, but you do wanna start making some calls. Our county data finder lets you pull a list from the county records and create a focus list to market to, whether you're looking for single family, commercial, multifamily, out of, you can pull lists of out-of-state owners that have equity, narrow your list by subdivision, whatever you like. There's a lot of different options to focus your list. And then we have our MLS deal finder, which takes those, automates those comps, compares it to the listed price and sends you the ones that are at a discount. So it automatically finds those good investment properties for you and you can get a notification in real time as soon as they, they hit the market. All right, if you were not on earlier or you missed the chance to get a one-on-one -on -one demo of our service, just please put demo please into the chat and somebody will contact you and set that up. We also have great customer service and a lot of some good training videos, frequently asked questions, that kind of thing in our knowledge vault. And again, there's our customer service number. It'll be in our correspondence. So we also have some freebies for you just for joining the webinar today. If you'd like to get our heat maps, kind of shows you where the deals are in your area. And we also have our deal of the day, which is a live deal on the MLS that you can make an offer on. And it's also a great educational tool about what's on the market, what kind of things to look for when you're analyzing the deals. All right, we also are really excited about our new community portal. This is a social media site for real estate and investors. So please go to realestateiq.co and join our portal if you have not. Um, whoops, Gaylene's got a group, Unique and Rare Real Estate Situation. So you can join her group once you join the portal. Um, there's also other groups. I have a women in real estate group. We have groups for whatever area you're in, Houston, DFW, anywhere. Uh, so please get involved with that. It's going to get big. It's going to become a place where people are doing deals. So you want to make sure you're a part of that. Um, some other cool webinars we have. We've got a book club every Wednesday at 5 p.m. We've got Geeks and Nerds in Real Estate. The fourth Wednesday, so all you need to do is go to our website, realestateiq.co, click here on events, and you can see all of these. And of course, that's where you click to get to our community. Uh, we have a Hot Trends one every Thursday at 5 p.m. as well. All right, so now let's get to those questions that you had for Gaylene. So the first one I saw was, does the forgiveness ding your business credit? Oh, no. No, absolutely not. It does not. That is uh, not like a, um, a forgiveness by a lender of a portion of your debt. No, that won't hurt your credit at all. All right. And then there was... Oh, somebody went, yeah, oh. go ahead. Somebody wanted to know if the EIDL had the same stipulations. No, that EIDL was, uh, Carla, did you get, are you the one that got an EIDL? Um, in any, any event, the EIDL came out before the, P, before the PPP, and that was an emergency loan uh, maximum of $10,000. 
Um, and no, it doesn't have, I, quite frankly, I don't know if there is, I don't believe there is loan forgiveness for the EIDL, um, but it's uh, still a very, um, it's, that was a very good option too for a lot of people that uh, when the pandemic and the quarantine first happened. Oh, Bowie, you got an EIDL, I see. Okay, so uh, well, let's see, I saw another question. Who qualifies? Okay, a, to qualify for a PPP, like I said, you have to have less than 500 employees. That's really one of the main qualifications. And you really have to show that you um, have been, that you were somewhat affected by the COVID or that at least um, that you intend to keep your employees. And even if you're uh, solos, solo real estate investors and whatnot can also qualify for a PPP. It's a lesser amount, obviously, than if you have a big payroll, but uh, it's still potentially free money. So uh, you just have to show what your, what your payroll expenses were and your rent and whatnot and what you intend to use your loan for and be less than 500 employees. So it's definitely worth, it's worth applying for. I initially didn't think so. And I was encouraged by a number of people and finally wised up and got, uh, got my application in. What does EIDL stand for? It's Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And again, that was, that was first available. You, you didn't even, the application for that loan was practically nothing. Now, I haven't looked lately to see what on the SBA website, what it looks like. But when I made application for that, it was just, uh, took me 15 minutes to make application. And I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even have to have any supporting documents. You do, you do qualify, even if you're a solo, entrepreneur, you can qualify. Again, I, it's not my situation, so I don't have any personal experience about that, but I do know that your bank uh, will help you with that. I've ha I know several of my investor clients who actually their bank approached them about applying for a loan. None of my banks did that, but, uh, <laughs> but there are those that you know, still are wanting to, and like I said, there's quite a bit of money still left to be uh, to be apportioned out before August the eighth. Yeah. See, uh, I thought I saw one. I thought I saw another question, but uh, anybody else have any questions out there? Yeah, I think I you asked. Somebody ask who my bank was. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll just well, I'll give First United Bank a plug. They're out of Durant, Oklahoma, but they're, like I said, the title company I work with works with them, and they were very, very helpful. But I've heard of several other banks that are, um, that are you know, very helpful too. I, I heard a lot of smaller entrepreneurs say that the smaller community banks were a great help to them. Uh, okay, rent allowance. Okay, the rent allowance, again, you can't have any new, I mean, if you, like here at my building, I've had, you know, I've been at this building 20 years. So I have a land, I have a, t a lease that was in effect prior to February 15th, 2000, 
20. So that, that qualified as a qualified expense. I didn't go out and sign a new lease after February 15th. That would not be a qualified expense. What if your office is in your home? Can you? Oh, that's a good question. That? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, let me think about that. I don't see any reason not to try that because it does what a mortgage is a qualified expense. And so you're proportionate to share of your mortgage that your office, you know, uh, occupies. I don't know why that couldn't be a qualified uh, mortgage expense. You know, they let you take home office expense off of your taxes. So I don't know why that wouldn't qualify also, but it's going to depend on each bank. <laughs> They're the ones, the bankers, even though it's a government program, it's the bankers that are actually doing all the analysis and getting the loans approved. Okay. So I would talk to a banker about that. So someone, Bowie, did you get, it looks like you got yours from North Dallas Bank and Trust. Yeah, that's a good regional bank here in Texas. Um, yeah, he got an EIDL. And you got an EIDL, yeah. 12 months, interest 12 months after the loan is made. Um, yeah, monthly payment of $48, that's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. Um, Ganella asked about rent that you're paying out and, and rent. Yeah, that, when I say rent, that means the rent that you are paying for a lease to occupy for your business, okay? That's not rent that's being paid in. This is your expenses, not your revenue. Uh, it really doesn't even, uh, the application really doesn't get into your revenue that much, mostly your expenses. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, uh, actually, it's a great government program. And you don't hear people say that too often, but it's a great government program. <laughs> it should be taken advantage of. Absolutely. Um, apparently, I went too fast toward my talk about the Real Estate IQ community. Uh, my group is just called Women in Real Estate. So if you go to the community, underneath community is a menu that, where you can go to groups. And that's where you can find Gaylene's group, my Women in Real Estate group. I also have a Houston group. There's also DFW groups there as well. <laughs> Gaynell, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, Gaynell. It's true. I mean, I, uh, it's money we don't have to spend, but occasionally, you know, when times of crisis, I mean, this was a national crisis that happened. We, you know, we hadn't had unemployment numbers like that since the Great Depression. Okay, so there are certain times, just like whenever the banks all fail, there are times where as a as a public policy, they open up the checkbook, whether we've got the money to, to back it up or not. I guess just like they're affording the stimulus by printing money. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they say, yeah. they say that there may be yet another stimulus coming relatively soon also. I guess we'll just have to see what happens over the next few months. Yep. Bowie says neither Chase nor Wells Fargo will do your PPP loan, but Capital One will. 
and says. That's so. great. That's right. Yeah, Chase was my first choice. I mean, I'll just say I would, you know, because I've banked with Chase since um, I got out of law school in 1983. Okay, that's how long I've been banking with Chase, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me the time of day. So I was two small potatoes for them. Um, but Capital One, that's great. That's great to hear. And then Ken asked what circumstances would qualify for an EIDL. You know, um, it's just small business owners. There's really no, there's really no qualification. Like I said, they started they started talking about the EIDL before they ever even passed the PPP. And like I said, there's there was not much of a qualification for that. I think it just depends on the, the circumstances in the, you know, in our country at the time, how much they're, they're going to make that available. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't look like there's any more questions. Guess that means you did a really good job. <laughs> well, I hope that's, or else everyone's asleep. One of the, <laughs> one of the two, one of the two. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's no, if you come across any questions, I'm going to put Gaylene's um, information back up here. Feel free to reach out to her, or you can also reach out to her via the Real Estate IQ community. So thank you all for joining. Yes, thank you, everyone. Have a great evening. <laughs> and Ellie, you'll find out next Monday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Take care. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.